0: Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway, a United Methodist community in Portland, Maine. If you live locally, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Visit our website at www.hopegateway.com to learn more. But whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice loving-kindness, and walking humbly with God. There is peace and love and sadness and joy all together, right? That's community. We um, are in our third week of this series, diving deeper with one another and getting to know each other better. I'm grateful um, for the past few weeks when we got to know Margaret a little better last week and we got to know Randy a little better the week before. Um, And their faith stories and their challenges to us, which were gifts. So in these next two weeks, today and next week, Katie Mears and I are going to engage you all in getting to know each other a little better, Um, all of us. And we're going to pray for one another in ways that we don't typically do. So that's a little fair warning, but you you also can keep your boundaries about that, so this should not be scary, it's just invitational. But we hope that these ways take us to These invitations take us to deeper relationship with one another. I have to say I'm really excited about this time in the life of Hope Gateway. Because it's wonderful to see all of these other people leading worship like Tim down with the kids at children's time. There's no reason that Al and I need to do that. Um, all the other people that are leading communion and prayer time and all the, the welcome, I just love seeing us grow into the way that we've been aiming to be. We kept saying, we're going to have more people in leadership and worship, but we, we like inched towards it, but now we're like bursting forth, um, and it's really great. I have people who say to me all the time, like, oh, how's it going for you? How, how's it going? I know, you're going through a lot of transition, like house like it's great it really is it's really great i am really excited to be working with ophelia and mike and jeff and erica and nathan is coming on board in a few weeks and um margaret i mean not margaret i'm thinking margaret atwood but it's evelyn Atwood (laughs) is um in the nursery now and we're really excited to have her with us so things are um we're Um, in the process of interviewing people for Bethany's position, which um, I'm a little sad about, Bethany leaving, but I'm excited about some of those candidates, too. So things are changing and we're um, about something new in this place, but it's a gift, really, for our community. That's how I'm experiencing it, and I hope you are, too. So today, we're going to talk about prayer. A particular kind of prayer. Prayer on the behalf of someone else. Not the prayer that's just talking to God or being quiet with God about our own lives and our own selves, but prayer that connects us with God as well as another person, another person that we care about. And the fancy word for it is intercessory prayer. So if you haven't ever heard that word, you've learned a new word today, intercessory prayer. So the basic place to start is how does prayer work? And since I have all the answers, I would be happy to tell <laughs> you. <laughs> Actually, I have very few answers about how prayer works. But I would like to share with you some of the questions that I have and what conclusions I am in the process of coming to. So let's start with some scripture. In Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, who he seemed to like a lot, he um, asked, he pled with them to pray for him. So I'm reading from Romans, chapter 15, beginning in verse 30. And I'm reading from the message. I have one request, dear friends. Pray for me. Pray strenuously with and for me. To God the Father, through the power of the Master Jesus, through the love of the Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those who deny and persecute the faith in Judea. Pray also that my relief offering to the Jerusalem believers will be accepted in the spirit in which it was given. Then, God willing, I'll be on my way to you with a light and eager heart. Looking forward to being refreshed by your company. God's peace be with all of you. Can you feel the love that Paul has for the people that he's writing to? And for the connection that he's longing for with them, even though he's far away and not on the edge of being with them, but longing for that reunion. In another version, it reads... Strive together with me in your prayers. I really like that phrase. Strive together with me. So, how does prayer work? We get an idea in other scriptures that if we ask for anything, it will be given to us. Jesus says it in various ways and at various times. And maybe someday I will understand this in a different way and believe something different than I do. But my life has taught me that prayer doesn't work that way. My cousin David's life and death taught me that prayer doesn't work that way. While David's family visited my family in South Dakota from Kentucky during the summer of my sixth grade year, he had a seizure while waking up in my bedroom, and was given, which I had given up for their visit. Within hours, it was clear that he had a brain tumor. His family stayed in South Dakota at the Children's Hospital an hour away from our home. And while we were, and when we were there most days, as he had surgery and then recovery and then treatment, we all prayed for him. Everyone in my family's church prayed for him. Everyone in my aunt and uncle's church prayed for him. Everyone in my grandparents' church prayed for him. Everyone in his grandparents' church prayed for him. Half of the people in our family are pastors. And every single one of us is a person of deep, profound faith that is the ground of our lives. Every single person in my family. I know that is not true in most people's family, and it is a gift. But that is true in my family. We continued to pray for him for three years. As he got better, and worse, and then better, and then worse. We prayed for him as he went to different doctors and specialists. I know that it's not true, but at the time, I believed that he was the most prayed-for child in the world. (laughs) I really believed that. We were praying for healing. But David did not live a healthy, long life. He suffered so much in our efforts to make him well. But he gave us such joy and hope, despite the pain that he endured. He died when he was four, and I was in 10th grade. What I believe about prayer is clearly defined by this experience, and I cannot separate this experience from what I believe about prayer. I don't think I'm alone in having an experience, something that I have gone through, that you have gone through, that we have gone through, to have ourselves or someone we love go through something that we wished and we hoped and we prayed that they or we might avoid. Right? We all have things in our lives that we have people we have prayed for, things we have longed for that have not happened. And I don't believe it's because we prayed in the wrong way. But I still believe in prayer. I believe in the plea of Paul to have other Christians pray for him. Strive together with me, he said. We all long that. We want others to be with us in spirit and in presence and in the act of prayer. We want to be connected with God and one another in our times of struggle, and those prayers do lift us up. And they change things. But maybe not the things that we think they should change. Kind of reminds me of my new favorite song, which is not... the audio is not lined up. Can you do that? (laughs) It's from the musical The Waitress, which is written by Sarah Bareilles, who's one of my favorite artists and songwriters. I think it explains the basics of a relationship that we all long for in our lives. It comes in various forms, most of them not in a romantic relationship. But we all want to matter to someone else. It says, simple and plain and not much to ask from somebody. But I want to know that I matter to you. And you want to know that you matter to me. It's not that I'm making a lifetime commitment to you. It's not that I know that 10 years from now we're gonna be in the same relationship that we are at this moment. But that basically you matter to me. And I matter to you. And I think that's a Good place to start when we're building community, right? If I just know that I'm important to you in some way and that you're important to me, we want to have community. So I'm going to invite us to listen to this song and to see this video with singing and dancing and playing and enacting that. People matter to each other. And then after that, I'm going to invite us to share with one another and to get to know a little better in a a non-scary way. You want to matter to someone, don't you? I want to matter to other people. You want to let yourself think that you just might matter to someone. You want to stop hiding from that person right there beside you. So I'm not going to ask you to bare your heart right here and right now, but I am going to ask you to make a connection, to open yourself up and to be prayed for by someone. So the way that we're going to do that is by taking the paper that is in your seat and a pen that is at the end of your row. and. To write your name, your first name, on that piece of paper. That's the easy part. And then to choose one word that describes something that you're dealing with in your life. something you're carrying, something that you're dealing with. Maybe it's family, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's relationship, maybe it's immigration, maybe it's one word. To explain something that you're carrying right now in your life. And you're not gonna have to explain it any further than that, unless you choose to, later. So just take a minute and think of one word that is what you're dealing with right now in your life. So now it's the next challenge. I want you to find someone other than someone that you came with today. So if you arrived here in a car with someone else, or people here live in your house, you don't get to have them as your person. And if you've just moved in with each other today, then wow. that counts too. Welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you're going to maybe have you it might be that someone is sitting behind you or beside you or in front of you that you can share with, but I'd like you to find one other person and if it works easier to have 3, that's fine, but that you still can't have someone that you came with or that you live with in your triad. So, and then you're just going to give them your piece of paper, but I would like you to sit with each other, okay? You might have to stand up, (laughs) but find a partner or a triad to share with, and go. This is not, listen. I love you, right? So this is not the moment that you get to explain what your word means. If you would like to explain what your word means, it would be a great opportunity to talk after worship, to find a time this week to talk on the phone, or send an email, or get together for coffee with your partner. But this is not that moment. <laughs> but I invite you to do all those things. That would be awesome. So I want you to take, I want you to be holding somebody else's paper in your hand. So if you haven't swapped yet, please swap papers. Right, great. Right. So. so in this moment, I'd like to invite you to pray for your sibling in Christ, the beloved child of God who has shared their name and this concern with you. And we're going to and I'm going to teach you a prayer technique right here in this moment right now to pray for them. So first thing I want you to do is to look at their face. To see their face and remember what they look like. Okay, Then, now I want you to close your eyes. This prayer technique is called holding in the light and it comes from the Quaker tradition So I want you to imagine the light of the sun, the warmth of the sun. Maybe not the heat of the sun, (laughs) but the warmth of the sun. Picture a glowing, warm light, which is the light of God's love. Now, imagine your person in that light. Hold their name, their face, their self in that light. This is not the time to come to a conclusion about what they need or how to resolve their situation. Don't try to fix their concern, just hold it in God's light. Seek the peace of Christ for them. Just keep holding them there in the light. I invite you to take time to do that during this week. To Pray for each other tomorrow, and the next day, and the day after that. And if you feel led and you have time to connect with them, that is a beautiful gift too. But just what you just did and what you will continue to do is also a gift. Lord, listen to your children pray. Send us love. Send us power. Send us grace.